Good morning. Welcome to Murray Hill Church. Thank you for joining us um, online and in person. Um, please stand and worship with us.
Good morning. You guys can go ahead and be seated if you're here uh, in the building. Thanks so much if you're joining us uh, online this morning. Excited to have you uh, worshiping with us this morning. I want to let you know about a couple things uh, going on. We continue um, to have the options for online giving. Uh, so whether you're joining us online or you're here in the building and just feel uh, more comfortable or that's an easier thing for you to set up uh, with your bank or anything like that, online giving uh, is uh, something we're still doing and continuing to, to do. Uh, we had the opportunity uh, this last Friday was our last pickup um, for our Ruth Ups and Backpacks. So we'll, through the summer, um, not have that that we are packing every week and getting ready uh, for uh, the next pickup. Um, but we're excited about being able to start that again in August. Uh, I do want to let you know um, you will not see anything official uh, that is coming out yet until the city of Jacksonville puts their uh, stamp on it. Um, but uh, Murray Hill will restart slash continue uh, their Halloween celebration that we've been uh, able to do down uh, kind of near the first block in between Edgewood and Mayflower. Um, so we went ahead and uh, through the Murray Hill Preservation Association and the Halloween Committee decided that we we're going to start that back up uh, this year. Still have to go through a lot of the protocols and things like that. But as the summer numbers continue, continue, uh, continue to decline as, as we have more access to the vaccine and have a higher percentage of our population getting the vaccine, uh, we are going to go ahead and submit um, that to the city. So uh, the church has committed, like we did uh, two years ago, uh, to taking all of the kids' area. Um, so instead of doing our fall festival here, we're going out to the community uh, and going where they are. Uh, so that will also be an upcoming need for finances. Um, so thank you so much uh, for those of you who have continued giving, either you know through the baskets or through online, uh, and would certainly encourage uh, those of you who haven't yet jumped in or participated with us uh, to know uh, that uh, we do all we can to make sure um, that every dollar, every dime, uh, is going uh, to impact those around us uh, with the love of Christ. Do also have online memberships available. Um, if you are someone who has joined us exclusively online or you know, still feels uh, more comfortable online, we still want you to know that you can participate with us, uh, that you can be a part of what's going on here, whether or not you're in the building uh, or joining us, on home, joining us at home. So uh, reach out to us about that. You can send us an email, uh, shoot us a text, whatever is uh, easiest for you, and we can get you uh, that information. Also, uh, on this holiday weekend, uh, I would be remiss if we didn't take uh, a moment to reflect on uh, what it is that we're honoring uh, this weekend with, with Memorial Day. Uh, sometimes it can be easy to think uh, of, you know, Monday as an additional day off from work and, and a relaxation day, and uh, absolutely that's, you know, a great thing. Um, but you know, this weekend uh, is way more difficult for a lot of people because they have uh, family members who didn't return back after leaving uh, for voluntary service uh, in the military in one of the branches. So um, I would just ask, you know, this weekend, uh, if, if you're having a celebration, if you're having a get-together, if, if you're just having a day where you can kind of sit and be still, um, that you, you take a moment, uh, pray for those families, uh, pray for those service members uh, who were not... Um, lucky enough to come back uh, and see their families. So let's take a minute now and, and we'll have a video.
Let's join again as we worship our Lord. thankful today and as we honor those who have given their lives who have paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we can be free 
Lord, we also thank you for setting the example for what the ultimate sacrifice is. We thank you that you loved us enough that you wouldn't leave us where we were. And so I pray that you would help us to be where we need to go. Lord, I pray that you would help us to make you our king in our hearts and in our lives, that everything we do would be for your kingdom's purpose. Lord, we thank you for your grace and for the life that it allows for us. And I pray that you would help us to take that life and to embrace.
the glory today from now until forever the sacrifice of your son will not be anything that on this planet and on and in our current form that we'll ever be able to completely thank you for. And so we just, this morning, take all that we have, all that we are, and thank you for it, asking that we're reminded of that sacrifice and your willingness to let us be a part of the family every day. We thank you and we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Guys can go ahead and be seated. Thanks so much for coming out today or or joining us online. I have a few uh, parenting statements uh, to start us out with. I don't, I don't know if you've ever uh, seen any of these on, on different social media sites uh, or anything like that, but it, 
describes what being a parent is like. Um, so I, I had to kind of sift through some of these because whether you know it or not, there's a lot of parents in, these, in this world um, and they uh, have a lot of opinions about it. So uh, even if you're, you know, you're not a parent or, or you're a child or whatever your situation is, I'm sure you can probably reflect on a time where it was like this for you, uh, you know, if you're an uncle or, uh, or anything involved in any type of, of family setup. Uh, being a parent is like looking both ways before you cross the street and then getting hit by an airplane. <laughs> being a parent is just yelling at your kids, you just had a snack, over and over again until you just throw them another snack. Being a parent, this is... 100% true for me. Being a parent is just informing your kids how many more minutes they have to do whatever it is that they're currently doing. Being a parent is realizing your relaxing time at the pool will now be equally split between watching this and adjusting goggles. Being a parent is being amazed at the number of times you have to ask in your house, why is this wet? And also a, a little uh, applicable, applicable to me uh, after this baseball season, being a parent is spending money, signing your kids up for sports and activities, and then fervently praying those sports and activities get canceled. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, been a long, it's been a long baseball season this year, but uh, it's, it's been fun. So um, e even though I opened up uh, with a couple parenting things, we're, we're not going to talk about parenting. Uh, this morning, we're going to talk about sacrifice. Um, but when I think about, uh, you know, things in my life that have caused sacrifices or uh, areas in my life where I have to sacrifice, parenting uh, is one of those things that, that jumped right up uh, to the top of the list. You know, but there are sacrifices that are worth it um, because you love your kids and because you love your family. Um, and one thing I, I think I want you to make sure you take away uh, from today is that sacrifices are a completely normal part of our life. Um, but when you are sacrificing with somebody that you love uh, or you are sacrificing for somebody that you love, uh, the word sacrifice may even be too drastic of a statement. Because when, when we hear the word sacrifice, a lot of times that can kind of make us think about pain or make us go, you know, like we're, we're going through this awful, arduous process that we're just barely surviving. Um, but, but when we sacrifice for someone that we love or we sacrifice alongside someone uh, that we love, it's a process that we know that is uh, significant uh, and needed. So um, the story we're going to talk about, and, and probably one of my favorite stories of, of sacrifice, if, if that's a thing, if you can have a favorite story of sacrifice, uh, is the story of Ruth. Um, and so I'll give you just a little bit of, of background on Ruth before we jump into the scriptures so that you know um, what's happening. Um, Naomi and her husband Elimelech, I apologize for the child that just walked down the middle of the aisle. Um, Naomi and Elimelech uh, live in Bethlehem. 
Um, and Bethlehem goes through a famine, uh, and they move to Moab. They move uh, Naomi, her husband Elimelech, and their two sons. Um, while in Moab, um, both of their sons marry, yet uh, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, dies, and both of the sons of Naomi die. So she is left as a widow uh, with just her two daughter-in-laws. Uh, one is Ruth and one is Orpah. Uh, Naomi gets word that the famine, famine is over uh, in Judah and she decides she's going to go back uh, to Bethlehem. And so she tells uh, Orpah and Ruth to stay in their country in Moab. She's going to go back. And so we're going to pick that up where that story is. Uh, it is in Ruth chapter 1. It starts in verse 6. If you are using the Pew Bible, there is actually not a page number on it because it's the beginning. It's, it's page 263 if you're using the Pew Bible. Uh, and again, chapter 1, verse 6. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband, even if I thought there was still hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So, to Naomi's credit, she did not sugarcoat what was going on in her life to Orpah or to Ruth. She didn't say, hey, when we, got, when we get back to Bethlehem, I've got some family, we'll be able to find a spot, we'll get you a guy, it's cool, we'll take him care of. Naomi was not going back thinking that everything was going to be peaches and rainbows. She knew things were going to be bad for her. The only chance, and again, you know, Doug has talked about the culture of the time when we read some of these stories, the only chance that Orpah and Ruth had 
to live a successful life, or what been, would have been referred to as a successful life in that culture, would be to go back and to remarry, and to find some family member that would be able to take them in, and be able to wed them, make them a wife again, and have the opportunity to produce an heir. Orpah, just like Ruth, said again, no, 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 we'll, we'll come with you. It, it, it'll be okay, we'll get it figured out. And Naomi expressed again how difficult this was going to be, how hard things had been on her, losing her husband, losing both of her sons. She didn't want anybody else to experience that hardship that was going to come when she returned to Bethlehem. And so Orpah agreed, and she left and and decided to return to her family uh, in Moab. But Ruth wouldn't hear it. Ruth was there for the long haul. And, and I think we can only assume that the way that Naomi lived her life was something that Ruth had never experienced. There was something so amazing and so attractive and so unlike anything that she had ever seen before that wherever Naomi went, Ruth wanted to be there. When you go back and and look at the references and and the words, Ruth actually uses, when when Ruth says, your God will be my God, she uses the term Yahweh versus Elohim, which is what a foreigner would have used to describe a generic deity. And so Naomi clearly, either through her sons or through herself, had lived and had taught Ruth in such a way that she knew there was something different because of the God that Naomi worshipped, because of the God that Naomi served. And Ruth also saw Naomi continuing to serve this God who seemingly had turned his back on Naomi. Now, now we understand today, post the cross, seeing the sacrifice of Jesus, that, that bad things something like a famine, something like good things and high crops are not necessarily like, well, God's mad at you. Well, God likes you. We know that God controls everything and and has the ability to, to do that, but at this time, there was still this infant understanding of, of who God was and, and his love. And yet Ruth, seeing Naomi go through all of these struggles, still decided your God will be my God. And, and I'm impressed. Like, that's pretty good, Ruth. Like, like, you saw hardships and you didn't turn away from them. You said, whoever this God is, that's what I want to worship. That's where I want to go. And, and we look at the teachings of Jesus, and he didn't exactly paint this amazing life for Christ followers, you know, he, he said, whoever should come after me, deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow me. None of that is necessarily high on anybody's list, particularly the first one. Deny yourselves, and then pick up your cross, and then follow me. And, and I think sometimes we want to kind of circumvent that first one, and, and 
not necessarily deny ourselves everything, but, but we're good with picking up the cross because we want to follow after Jesus. So we pick up the cross and we start following after him. And then there, there's some stuff that comes up and we're like, hey, hold on just a second. Boom, I'm going to set this thing down. I'm going to do what I need to do here. And now I'm going to get the cross and I'm going to go again. But that denying themselves, I think, is very strategically stated first. Because picking up the cross also means you can put down the cross. But when you deny yourself, that cross is with you from here on out because you know that you're following after Christ and, and he is now number one. His decisions, his requests, his desires are now yours. Uh, I have, I think, shared uh, with you before uh, that I had this uh, longing, this desire that I wanted to be a farmer. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to get all this land and grow all this food, and I'm sure this is a glorification of farming because it's, you know, way terrible when you get in the dirt and have to do all that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I ended up uh, being blessed and, and marrying Erin, um, and she has uh, something called um, the target proximity requirement um, for any place that we live. So we have to, uh, wherever our house is, we have to be within a certain proximity of a target um, so that we can make sure that we go um, and get what we need to get. Um, so the ability for me to, you know, go get 50 acres in Podunk, Georgia, somewhere, um, was, was not going to happen. And it's completely fine. I love Erin. I want to be wherever she is. And so if that means that we're uh, within a certain proximity of Target, then that's absolutely uh, where I want to be and what I want to do. Um, and so, you know, then we, we'd been married a few years, and I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm not going to get my big farm that I, I think about. But, you know, Jacksonville has like some outskirts, you know, like um, we could go out, you know, on the west side, we go up by Pritchard, we can get out by Callahan, I can get like three or five acres. You know, I can, I can get some space, I can have me a little mini farm, take care of business, do stuff like that. Um, but I think that through, uh, you know, our last 10, uh, 12 years of, of being married, of being a part of this church, um, being a part of this neighborhood, um, that God absolutely made it 100% clear that we need to be in Murray Hill. And so when we had an opportunity uh, to look for houses, we were looking for houses in Murray Hill. Through things that we do with the church where we work alongside uh, you guys uh, with different civic organizations uh, that I've been able to get connected with and involved with, there's not a doubt in my mind that we, Aaron and I, James and Emily, are supposed to be in Murray Hill. We're supposed to be here loving this neighborhood. We're supposed to be here loving our neighbors and doing what we can to help people connect or in some cases help people reconnect to God and getting to see those relationships grow and getting to see people get re-engaged or people getting engaged sometimes for the first time with what I know 
is a life-altering decision. Something that changes eternity. And so I understand that my little three acres, my little mini farm uh, is, is not what God has for me. And so I understand there are sacrifices in my Christian walk that I have to make. And again, the, the word sacrifice really just has, has a visceral meaning. So please don't hear me say like that I think this is some amazing thing that I'm doing that I'm, you know, not raising 20 chickens. I've just got four, you know, in, in Murray Hill and I'm not doing, you know, growing corn. I've just got cucumbers and tomatoes, you know. I, honestly, I can barely keep up with two raised beds right now. So the, the busyness that we've got going, three acres would just be terrible if I had it. So, you know, God, God knows what's best anyway. Um, but but I think about these sacrifices, and, and I think about the fact that so, so many of us, we, we want to sacrifice the easy stuff. We want to sacrifice 95% of the way, but, but the stuff that we really like and, and the stuff that we want to control, we hold on to. But, but when you read what Ruth said, like, there is, there is nothing that she is not sacrificing. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. There is no room for hay on uh, Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to run back and see my people, uh, and we're going to have a, a cookout, and then I'll, I'll be back after that. Like, Ruth is in 100%. There's no back out. And I think about us, you know, as, as followers of Christ and, and how we still have, you know, oftentimes little areas that we don't want to quite completely give up. And, and I, I think about, you know, groups of friends and, and you know, uh, supper clubs, and, and you get together, and you eat, and, and it's friends, and you've been friends for a long time, and, you know, you meet the second Saturday of every month, or you, you know, you meet the whatever, there's like a specific time, and you look forward to it, and everybody gets the food ready, and, and you're there, and you've been doing it for years, and, you know, maybe you've noticed the, the last few months, maybe even the last few years, this, this is really not, not a supper club this is a, a gossip club. This is a, a place where we get together and over food, we find out what's going on in different people's lives. And, and we say, oh, I didn't know that. I can't believe that. And, and really what you have, have come to realize is that as a follower of Christ, you've got no business being a part of that. And, and you can do two things. You, you can make the sacrifice and you can say, hey, guys, I appreciate the invite. Uh, I, I'm not going to be able to participate with this anymore. You know, I'm, I'm going to take a step back. Uh, we've got other stuff going on. I, I need to, to not do that. Or you can do what probably I would be likely to do. I, I would try to talk myself into a halfway commitment. I would say, okay, Jay, like, you, you know, when you go there, there, there's conversations and there's things, and you're like, ah, oh, we really shouldn't be 
talking about this. We really should be saying this. We, re, you know, but so, so what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to still go, but I'm not actually going to say it. And, and I'm not actually going to participate in the gossip. I mean, these are my friends. I love these people. They're great people. Yeah, you know, they, they probably shouldn't be doing that. And, and I wish they, they wouldn't do that, you know, but I'm going to go and I'll just be the model. I'll, I'll be the one that doesn't gossip about anybody. I'll just sit there and, and eat my food and, and go on about my business. But I think if uh, your husband or, or your son or a man in your life were, were to share with you that they were struggling with sexual sin and that they were going out on Saturday night and they were going to meet with the boys in the parking lot of the gentleman's club and they were going to hang out, but when they went in, he was going to go home. You would say, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Why are you going to go all the way to the edge of the place you got no business being and then think you're going to go all the way back home? Don't go and meet in the parking lot. And yet, if we think about the decision I just talked myself into about, about this supper club, I'm going to go there. I know what's going to happen there, but I, I'm, I'm going to be strong enough you know, to, to not do it. It's not wise. That's an area where, where we have to sacrifice, where we have to say, I have to completely remove myself from this because I know that as a follower of Christ, that's not where I need to be. That's not what I need to be doing. But it's difficult because it's something we like. It's something we're comfortable with. Doesn't seem like it's really hurting that many people. I think we have Christians all over our nation, sitting probably in pews this morning, who refuse to sacrifice politics, who, who say, well, you know, I mean, I, I need to know. I, I, I need to be involved. It's, it's my civic duty. And, and they have social media accounts that, that alternate between scriptures and then memes and, and news articles telling you how the person that they don't like is, is so horrible and they're, they're here to ruin the country. And just to clarify, I think that happens as much today as it happened a year ago. And there were completely different people located in those offices. So this is not unique to a political party. This is something that I think, as followers of Christ, we still want to hold on to. We still want to say, well, you know, I need to make sure that uh, my country is taken care of and... This is not our home. We are on a lifelong mission trip. When we go uh, to Canada, to the Hamilton Fellowships, to, to visit with Jason and Kimberly, we don't go up and debate nationalized medicine. We don't talk about, man, those taxes sure are high. I hope your social services are helping to pay. We're there to show love. We're there to ask Jason and Kimberly, what, what have you guys done? What is it that we can do to step beside you and to participate with you? Because I promise you, Naomi didn't convince Ruth to come back to Bethlehem because of how great it was. I would even wager, based on how Naomi talked to Ruth, she didn't want her to come. Ruth could not let Naomi go. That's what love does. 
Love is so different. Love is the opposite of what we see in our world today. When you are showing love, when you have the opportunity to have a relationship with someone where you love them with the love of Christ, that's weird for people. They don't understand that. They got to find out more about it. Where are you going? I want to go there. Why did you say that? That doesn't make any sense. Why do you live this way? Why do you not make this choice? When we are able to be connected to Christ, to take that peace, that grace, that love that he shares with us and share with others, it's different. It's different. Something that they haven't seen and something that they don't know. Matthew 5. Jesus says, You've heard it said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I think we still will put ourselves in front of TV shows or, or put ourselves in front of news articles that tell us, you got to be really mad about this. Here's your enemy. Here's what they're trying to do. Are you going to let them do this? First Peter tells us there is one enemy. There is one enemy. And he said, the devil prowls like a lion looking for someone to devour. If we are going to profess to be followers of Christ, we can't be that dumb zebra just sitting out in the savannah not paying attention. We got to be connected. We got to think through what our actions are saying, what our words are saying, what our, what our lives are saying. When we think about sacrifice, there is no greater sacrifice than what Christ did for us. And for him to ask me to not have a little farm, it's microscopic. For him to ask me to, to not go to the gossip club, it's nothing. For, for him to ask me to love like he loved, it's nothing. I'm really good at sacrificing 98% of my life. It's that 2% that I just like, oh, but 98% is so much more than two. Do you really, really need the two? He really needs the two. Because you're when, when you're 100, you're all in. You've denied yourself. You've picked up your cross and you're following him, you're, you're not distracted by what's going on beside you, you're not distracted by what's going on behind you, you're focused exclusively on where he's leading. This spring, I finished up all of the requirements uh, that I needed from the state level 
and from the district level to be able to interview for the principalship of a school. And so I'm hoping that at some point this summer, um, you know, that there will be a list of openings and that there'll be an opportunity uh, for me to do that. Um, but I was talking to a, a principal friend of mine who's, who's also a believer, and I said, you know, the, the scary thing is it, if I get that opportunity and then I don't get it, do I still trust? And, and then what if there's a second opportunity and, and I don't get it? Or, or a third and I don't get it? Do I still trust? Do I still say, I know that God's plan for my life is to be a part of public education? To take students who are maybe not the most motivated individuals and to show them what can be? Do I still believe that's what he has for me? And I hope the answer is yes. And I have to stay connected and I have to continue listening to the leadings of the Spirit to make sure that I haven't set that cross down and gone back and focused on myself. That I'm continuing to push, that I'm continuing to move and to follow. And so I, I think uh, if there has not been an area of your life uh, that you maybe were like, oh yeah, that's, that's probably my area, or maybe like me, like that's my six areas, um, if there has not been uh, an area of your life that you feel like uh, this morning was made evident to you that, that you still are kind of holding on to, that you still want to be in charge of, um, I tried to think through how I came up with those areas for me. And so I, I think this worked for me, may not work for you, but, but I, th I think it will if, if it's not clear what you're already holding on to. Think about things in your life that you have complete control over. You make all the decisions about them. You don't ask anybody about them. You don't check with anybody about them. You don't pray about them before you uh, move forward or do anything. What are areas in your life where you are absolutely the king of that area? Be it uh, purchases that you make, um, be it something uh, with finances, something with decisions uh, at your job. What is something or maybe what are some things in your life where you have complete control? And I think those are the areas that I would start with and reflect on. Is this some of that 2% that I'm still holding on to that's going to be really difficult for me to sacrifice? That's going to be really difficult for me to make sure that before I just go and make my decision and go and go and go like I have been doing that I take a step back, that I ask for God's wisdom in this situation, that I listen for the Holy Spirit to say, is there, is there something different I should do? Whatever it is for you, I think is significant. Because if we're not in 100%, we're not really all the way there. And if we're gonna live 
a life like Naomi that causes someone like Ruth to make that dramatic and that life-changing of a statement, we got to be in 100%. Let's pray. God, thank you for the story of Ruth. Thank you for the life of Naomi. I think it's easy for us to say it's different now. I think it's easy for us to to be happy with our 98% sacrifice. But God, your request is for all of us. Your request is for complete and total devotion. And you deserve that. And so I ask this morning for myself. I ask for those here in the building, those that are joining us online. That if there are areas in our life that we're still holding on to. If there are areas of our life that we, we haven't sacrificed yet to you that you would convict us of those areas, that you would highlight those areas. Because God, we want to be with you. We want to be alongside you as you change lives. As eternity is different. And we just gotta sacrifice. We are here for such a short time. And yet you give us this relationship, you give us the opportunity through your spirit to be a part of these things, God. And I I just, I ask for us to, to yearn for that, to desire wanting to see life change. Help us make that last step to make that additional sacrifice so that we're with you 100%. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I hope that there has been an opportunity uh, for you today to be reflective uh, and to think about, like I had the opportunity to think about, uh, some areas that you're still holding on to stuff. Uh, and I promise it was zero fun. Um, I don't like um, to be, um, I don't like to have my shortcomings highlighted, let's say that. Um, And so uh, this uh, time preparing uh, for this sermon, uh, God was was kind enough to to just let he and I have that conversation um, about those shortcomings uh, and about areas where I uh, have not yet let go, where I've not yet completely sacrificed, and I know those areas, and he knows those areas, so I I hope the same is going to be for you today, that you're able to have that, that conversation, that time with God, that he can share with you an additional thing in your life that you need to let go. If you're here today, 
um, and you're someone who is not 100% sure where you are in your relationship with God, someone who's, you know, dipping their toe in the water, trying to find out more about him, I would love to have the opportunity to pray with you, to talk with you about what you're going through, try to answer your questions. If you're someone who is 100% confident that you're a follower of Christ, that you want to follow those leadings, that you want to be a part of his plan for your life, but you're not connected to a specific church, same thing, I'll be in the Welcome Center. As we're singing, I'd love to have conversation with you if you're interested in joining with us here at Murray Hill Church online. We have those online memberships available, same thing. Shoot us a text, email. Love to be able to see where you are, what you're doing, and how we can be a part of helping you get closer to God. Maybe today, just an opportunity to have conversations with God, to repent of those areas that you know that you've been holding on to, to ask for his wisdom, to ask for his guidance, for reminders about his sacrifice and his request on us. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. However God is leading, I would encourage you to follow. Let's stand and sing.
Thank you, Murray Hill, for worshiping our God this week. Let's continue to do so all week long, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you.